Hello, I'm AT. Welcome to the Bulldog Gear podcast, where we aim to open up conversations and create discussions around the practical habits, ethos, and philosophies of the most successful people in our industry. Here, we will endeavor to identify, unpack, and discuss the actions and habits of fiercely successful individuals in and around the fitness space in an attempt to create clear, actionable philosophies for you guys to experiment with and implement on your own journey of self-improvement. Hello, and welcome back to the Bulldog Gear podcast. On this episode, we are joined by Johnny and Yusuf, who own and operate Propane Fitness, an online coaching service, as well as mentorship and educational platform for trainers looking to grow their own online businesses. What Johnny and Yusuf offer, and this was very much the subject of the conversation, are real tangible guidelines to help you to grow your online business. And in a world full of promises of six-figure incomes and instant growth, their approach is extremely refreshing. We talked about everything from Facebook ads to mistakes trainers make on social media to the parallels between training and business and how we often fall into traps in business that we easily recognize and avoid in the gym. Johnny and Yusuf have created a custom link containing all of the resources they mentioned in the chat, which I'll stick in the show description below. But otherwise, enjoy. Hey guys, how you doing? Hello. Good man, thanks for having us. Thank you uh, very much for your uh, time this afternoon. I imagine kind of on a, a Venn diagram of, of both of our listeners, the, the, centrals, the circles are fairly concentric, but for anyone who doesn't know, I wonder if you could just give me uh, a brief history or take as long as you like um, on on the both of you on propane fitness and how you kind of got into the position to talk about the things we're going to talk about today Yusuf why don't you do from like 2008 to 2011 okay and then I'll do a couple of years I like after this I'm sure so... um, we, we are but we've known each other for a long time so we are uh, Johnny and Yusuf from propane fitness we've been working in propane fitness since to 2009 that that's right? when it became something like that long thing. time yeah so it, it initially started just as a sounding board a way for us to just get our ideas out on out on digital paper to try and synthesize our the learnings that we'd seen from the internet trying to um, just get through all of the the rubbish and conflicting stuff uh initially it was called optimum fitness systems until we googled it and realized there was like 500,000 results <laughs> back in 2008 as mm, well so we were like at okay. least johnny was like why don't we call it propane fitness and we were like <laughs> okay and then actually we were like, you know what that's got a ring to it so we did that just basically a wordpress blog it was back in the day when you could rank on the top page of google for like hypertrophy or protein or something it was really the golden age of of the internet and you know you could spend five pound on a facebook ad and reach a, a billion people but nowadays um, or what's what's happened is that started to grow organically. We got a couple of inquiries, and we were like, "Oh, okay." We don't didn't really think about coaching people, but fine, let's do that. It's seven pound ninety nine, and that was our first coaching program. Over time, that developed into kind of more and more of a formalized system. We made a lot of mistakes on the way. We figured out that um, actually just trying to exchange time for money is not a sustainable business model. We learned a few lessons, optimized our, our model, got to the point where Johnny was able to quit his job. Um, I was in med school at the time. I then uh, was working as a doctor and I've already gone past 2011. So 
after opportunity to Johnny for this. Way past, way past 2011. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, I think the the only other thing, the only other like spin-off from that is I think while we were growing the fitness business, probably the biggest, the biggest marketing mistake we made was trying to like we grew the we grew the podcast and the uh, social media following and our email list and we accidentally got a ton of personal trainers because we would interview like Eric Helms and Mike Isretel because we thought well they're interesting so obviously our pers- our online personal training clients will find them interesting um, and all we got from that was personal trainers following us going like I work 40 hours in the gym and you guys are doing this full time like how does that work um, show me what to do that became like an informal mentoring thing that we eventually turned into a program um, and now we do that as well. So there's propane fitness, and then we have a, a business mentoring program off the back of that. We have um, online products, online coaching for, for fitness as well. Um, and now we both do this full time. And we don't really know what we're doing, but we, we just try our best. Uh, a great testimony there. <laughs> um, very lacking in lacking in hubris for the for the fitness industry. That's a that's kind of asymmetrical to, to the usual chemistry kid. What I really like about that, though, is there's a clear organic trajectory into being in a position to coach people on how to run an online business or even a, indeed any sort of fitness business, as opposed to what seems to be pretty pretty sort of ubiquitous, right? It's, it's always seemed yeah. a bit of an oddity to me that there are so many not trainers you've never heard of because i don't mean it like that i mean i'm not i'm not equating sort of fame or infamy to any sort of prowess or or credibility but you've got the receipts right it it sprung up as a natural sort of byproduct of the fact that you had become successful doing this in its own right yeah i think that's an important point it was it was an accident to be honest because yeah as johnny says a lot of our content was very physiology heavy quite nerdy Mm. quite inadvertently targeted towards PTs. And so a lot of them were like, oh, can you help me with my systems to coach my clients? And then by virtue of having done it for 15 years, we we have a lot of backlog of wasted ad spend and mistakes and things that we can help them to accelerate their journey with. Now, something that I think you've got to look for the receipt if you're hiring anyone to achieve a result, and it pisses people off when we say this, but there are, yeah, as you, as you kind of implied there, there are sort of business six-figure business guru type people that set up yet they have no evidence of a fitness business to speak of and if they can demonstrate results some other way then fine but i always find it a bit odd it's kind of like a, a bodybuilding coach who's never lifted weights it's it's like what something a bit suspicious in that like how can they how can they demonstrate and i'm not saying you know i, I some people take this the wrong way and i'm not saying that you have to be usain bolt or have a, t- a sub 10 second uh, sub time sub nine second sprint time to to be able to coach runners but you've got to have at least done something in that space yourself i think the, the key thing is like this is what what we end up speaking about in in all of our business podcasts and all of our content is that like the the selling selling coaching or mentoring or a program to a personal trainer is, is more or less like a business to business transaction. So the, what that sales cycle looks like, what that conversation looks like on a, on a, on a call, what the marketing looks like is pretty different to selling online personal training to someone who's 
like maybe had you know certainly back in like 2012 when we, when we started doing it properly like people had no idea what that was right and so that looks very different than if you're if you're teaching that without having never done it and just teaching from a perspective of like well this is what online marketing yeah. is so it'll work for you i do think it's a and that i think that's why the sim of that is we see basically the like business to business model being taught to personal trainers which is why everyone's doing sales calls and why everyone's like sending cold outreach messages like that stuff's like old school like telesales like that's how like call centers were run initially right and it, it worked for either the 90s or like business to business transactions and i think selling online pt um certainly the way that we made it work initially with broken fitness was not the stuff that you see growing today so i think that's like our disconnect um is i think selling to a consumer is a different process um so i think that's why it's important to have experience in it because you can teach just what works in that market rather than what you would estimate works basically yes yeah you guys have you've seen where the rubber meets the road as it were um yeah. and i do yeah it's so much of what i see and i'm by no means an expert in this field in fact i'm ludicrously rubbish at this field and i'm embarrassed often when people ask me questions in this kind of sphere because i've just been very lucky and very fortunate in the way my kind of you know as a as a coach the way my sort of career trajectory path has gone um but yeah you do see a lot i see a lot of stuff that looks as though well this is just kind of marketing 101 broad generic marketing 101 and even myself who's hands up like rubbish at marketing i'm like i can see how that's not gonna work you know the map isn't the terrain this isn't gonna necessarily translate to getting getting clients especially especially online i think that perhaps because online happened so fast uh the only i guess the only map was potentially the old school telesales you know do you want to buy double glazing models um mm. and i i want to be w with this conversation because it's something i know absolutely nothing about uh i think i'm quite a good sort of listener proxy here and i do want to kind of uh, get as much out of you guys as possible in this regards because I do think this is something that with anatomy and physiology and training and all of that stuff it, you can go right into the weeds of it but you don't need to and there's a lot of people doing it already and I, I think this is an area for professional trainers where there is still a, a lot of confusion and there is still a lot of I'd, you know, for me, I see more kind of proper charlatans here than I do in, you know, actual training and nutrition, because at least it tends to me to seem or to my intuition that in training and nutrition, a lot of the people that you'd be tempted to brand as a charlatan do at least believe what they're saying. You know, they're not trying to fleece. They've got no real interest in you not eating carbohydrates or you eating liver at every single meal. Whereas uh, kind of someone selling a six-figure training program maybe isn't quite as uh, <clears throat> uh, kind of legitimate. Yeah, I think it's easier. I think like selling the, like the, the make money online tag is easier to, it's easy to like lure someone into yeah. this like the dream, right? Um, although I think there's a lot of, I think there are a lot of, 
big fairly big businesses that people in like coaches would in the fitness industry would consider are like scamming consumers like there's a lot of negative stuff around herbalife as you have i've done content on mm. there's a lot of negative stuff around v shred you know i'm sure if you like sat a group of trainers around together and said like what do you think of these businesses i'm sure people would would consider them to be like on the side of like do they really believe what they're saying or are they just trying to flog as many supplements or as many programs as possible but I, I i agree with you i think certainly our social media feed i'm sure yours is the same is like literally every other post is like an ad for a this is how to grow your instagram yeah get more sales calls get more online coaches i get get more online coaching clients um yeah and it's, it's only going in one direction i think as well there's a lot of parallels between stuff in the fitness industry and stuff in the coaching fitness experts space and mm. uh one of them as johnny's kind of pointed to is the the business model so for legal reasons herbalife is not a pyramid scheme it, it <laughs> might, you know, if you were to draw a diagram of its business model it might might perhaps coincidentally look like a, a pyramid-esque pyramid yeah but it's you know that's more of a um it's like a triangle it, yeah, instead yeah of a pyramid. it's um, coincidental yeah and mm. something that i see a lot and it sits certainly on the comments of a video I did on Herbalife, just looking at the sort of critiquing, and I think being quite kind, to be honest, to the product. Mm. People getting very angry because it attacks their identity. Yeah. And I think this is where the, I can't remember who said this quote, but it is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on his not understanding it. Yeah. So we've got that on one side, which is kind of the charlatan end of the spectrum. Someone who is deliberately self-deceiving so that they can maintain their identity and their source of income you've also then got things like the if you, you you can it's easy to hide in complexity and you mentioned about people that go deep into the biomechanics and the anatomy and stuff because you can hide in that stuff because there's such an asymmetry of information yeah. that you can use as many technical terms as you want and no one's going to call you out because no one understands what you're saying and it makes you seem clever and it's all more of a signaling than actually helping someone so there's a few kind of things that people do in that space that, that you know, the, I guess the business equivalent is popularized by Ty Lopez, you know, taking a, a selfie video in a garage with a Lamborghini and some books. And it's all for the sake of the viewer. It's not for, it's not for him. It's so that you'll look at his credibility and go, oh, yeah, okay, well, that's worked for him. So, and, it, you know, pressing those dollar sign buttons in your audience mm. yeah yeah i do think there's there's a ton of parallel i think i misspoke when i kind of said there was no conflation because obviously absolutely there is and i think sometimes i don't want to go too far into this but it's really easy to miss it if you kind of have a, a little bit of fundamental knowledge yourself so you carefully curate your as we all do your social media feed or the people you surround yourself with there's times when I find myself getting frustrated with certain, like, you know, a myth-busting approach to marketing. Like, that's all you do. All you do is you bust myths because I oftentimes find myself thinking, I think the only thing that keeps these myths alive is people doing myth-busters on them. Mm. But then in on balance, it's I think it's because I don't see a lot of that. And then occasionally I will, I will come across a kind of, 
oh, you know, someone pointing pointing at their, you know, their, their triceps and they're saying, do this workout to to lose 10 pounds of fat. Like really egregious stuff, stuff that you think sh- like this is surely not done even for irony or, you know, thigh mm. gap workouts or There's stick the herbs in your belly. Recently. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they have the infographic of it like hanging over a bra. Um, and I guess it's stuff that you don't like you just why would you why would you follow anything like that why would you see anything like that it's highly you know even the algorithm's even good enough to often not show it to you because i guess it knows you're kind of not because you're not gullible enough i guess which and i hate that i hate that as a statement i hate that approach to kind of coaching people or marketing yourself as everyone else is just gullible if they don't listen to me i really can't stand that but I guess you can lose sight of the fact that people still are pumping this information out there. I think the biggest parallel is like, and it's quite weird to think of as a, as a coach or like as someone in the fitness industry is you can really easily look at all that stuff. Like you look at the, the like abs in 21 days programs and think like, that is ridiculous. Mm. Like I can't, I can't understand how anybody thinks that, but there's the same concept exists in like the business mentoring yeah. world it's just if you look at it from the lens of like i don't really know what to do like i want to build an online business but i'm not really sure where to start and i've tried some things and they didn't really work that's the same yeah. as someone who's like wakes up and they're overweight and they feel frustrated and they don't know what to do and there's all these people with lamborghinis telling them like if you just post on tiktok you'll become a millionaire it's like it's very hard to see the wood from the wood for the trees um and i think that's like one of the things that prompted us to do that, like to take the business mentoring side of things more seriously, it's the same frustration in, in fitness of like, we when we started writing about fitness, there was a lot of stuff about car backloading and keto and intermittent fasting about how that was the thing, right? And then you, f- you almost feel lied to, right? You feel like I've been tricked into trying these things for three years. They didn't really work. Figured out it was just calories and progressive overload and it started working the same I think the same thing exists in business it's just harder to get to the like the calories and progressive overload equivalent and it's more expensive to find yeah. that to find that yeah, solution like our frustration of like right we're gonna have to save someone else some time because we've wasted so much at least we can help someone someone else along the journey but it's mm. it's that your pain buttons are being pressed and that's where people lose a rationality so yes yeah. as you say there's there's gullibility there's asymmetry of information there's just not being in that world you know we our instagram feeds all the three of us are probably all filled with other PTs and so it's kind of an echo chamber but yeah um but there's also for someone who doesn't know about this stuff and they feel like their insecurity buttons being pressed they're looking at a picture of a fat overhang on their bra strap and they're going oh god that's me like what do I do what do I do like I'm and yeah. so the equivalent for a, a online trainer who's struggling to get clients is they see a testimonial of a guy who used to run a little crossfit box and now he said, oh, I've, I've made 30 grand this month um, doing high ticket sales. And they think, oh, well, that must be the solution. And before they know it, they're on a mentorship program where they're just posting more on Instagram, getting on sales calls with Margaret, who's 50 and never trained before, single mum, and trying to get her to um, pay five grand for a, yeah. for a fat loss program. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the sort of comparison i always make and it's the same in media like just general just you know old school media and i say to people 
whenever a headline happens or a story occurs or whatever it is or someone posts something on social media that's in your field whatever you do if you're a painter decorator if you're a pt if you're a mechanic whatever it is and it's totally fucking ludicrous mm. it should give you an insight into everything else that you that you see on the internet etc etc on in mainstream mm. media that you don't know about and it should make you realize like such mm. a penny drop like, oh. yeah 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 exactly and, and as johnny says it's it's harder and, and more expensive to dig down to that and it's riskier with money right with your body i know it seems like that should be more serious but like the worst thing you're going to do as you say is waste a few years trying to you know pursue a, a, a method that maybe doesn't necessarily stand um up <laughs> uh in yeah. practice but if we're talking about your business here, it, it's, it's oddly unweighted in a direction you wouldn't think, right? Because you think your body should be the thing you should really, but compared to what, everything's kind of better than doing nothing, right? So even if you're doing a sort of skeevy training routine and a real sort of, you know, you're, you're doing your, your lemon and Himalayan salt water in the morning, uh, there's no real, there's no real net loss, right? But if you are investing your money in the wrong places and you're running your business into a gra the ground, that's a bit of a bigger risk right and that's something i kind of want to kind of get into you guys now for anyone listening who is perhaps over covid they pivoted more towards remote coaching or it's something they want to do or they've kind of been sold the dream and i think i've seen that exact video you're talking about yusuf with the i ran a small crossfit box and for last month i made uh, 30 grand what about this month hmm? uh, mm, yeah <laughs> that's the big question where where do people where do people start and I'm, I'm conscious of the fact you guys you know literally run a business helping people to do this in the most legitimate way possible so you know feel free to kind of skim over the top of it but for for the pt or the crossfit box owner that's has been you know majorly financially affected perhaps by covid or by the fact it's two pound a litre for petrol at the moment and wants to shift mm some of their business remotely what what's the first port of call so firstly we do we have like a and this isn't i will ask i will answer the question but we have a video it's on our youtube channel we can send you a link it's like it is a one hour training i did like i think it was like about a year after the start of covid where i try and tackle this problem right of like what where do you begin because there's so many questions and so many things to cover like what do you sell how much do you sell it for how do you structure it how do you market it all that sort of stuff so we can uh, we can give everyone listening a link to that so, sorry just to I interject that, as well feel free any of that you know anything that the more resources the better so the, please don't shy away from saying where you have something that someone can be directed sure. to i'm all for that sure yeah um of course um so the i think like the the key things i would look at in terms of where to begin I would start like start with the end in mind right so you you are you want to build something i think a lot of coaches especially like we speak to like PTs who are in like, they're in their early thirties. They're thinking about starting a family. They're worried about the fact that, you know, actually how many more years of like working in a gym do I have? Like, am I still gonna be able to do this when I'm like 50 or, you know, what happens when I want to take time off when I have kids or whatever that might be. Um, you want something online that is not this like flash in the pan cash grab. I have a 30 grand month and then nothing. You want something that's going to last 20 years. And why can it, it, there's no reason why it can't last 20 years, right? The technology is trending in that direction. So have that view to begin with. 
and then think about, well, what does that look like? It probably looks like happy customers who stay with me a long time, right? Who refer their friends. It starts looking more and more like how a gym would operate, right? So members, a membership base that you build up over time. And we're big on this idea of having a recurring offer and building recurring income and charging an amount of money to your customers that that they genuinely feel like this is just like, I am getting a steal here. Like this is a really good service for the money. Um, and then like, what is, what is an income level that makes sense for you? So what do you, what would it need for you to do it full time? That dictates how many clients you would need. And then we just reverse engineer it back and say, well, if we have a way of selling those clients, which for us, we teach this 14 day challenge model. So it's automated instead of doing phone sales. Um, and the, the numbers of that work and make sense. So for every, hundred people who join that 14 day sequence, you make five sales, then suddenly leads become worth something and you can start running ads instead of posting on social media. So I guess we tackle like with the mentoring we do, we tackle a few common problems. So we, instead of like becoming a slave to Instagram, we just teach people to run ads because you can run ads anywhere. Like you can run ads on radio, TV, magazines. Like it doesn't matter what social platforms do. There's a very long shelf life to that. They've been around for a very long time. Um, we teach a 14 day challenge instead of sales calls, just because we think that's like it. Well, firstly, it works, it's worked way better for us, but also I think it's more reflective of modern day, like how people buy, like how consumers buy things, they buy things and it's delivered on the same day, right? They buy things and it's instant access. They get instant access to things on Netflix and Amazon. So having to book a call for three days time and then be taken through this script is like different to everything else they do. So we try and match their buying patterns. Um, and then the coaching that we teach coaches to deliver is is all about how do I keep someone for three, four years? And how do I structure my coaching so that it's not just selling my time and eating into my time for every new, new customer that I that I acquire? Um, and those things together end up looking like, you know, it's less exciting. And I think this is one of the things mm. that people say to us, like you guys talk about like three, four, five grand a month instead of 30, 50 grand a month. It's like, well, yeah, but three grand a month every month suddenly is like 30, 40 grand a year. Suddenly that's like 300, 400 grand over a decade. That sounds pretty good, right? Especially if it allows you to live a lifestyle that you enjoy doing, right? And it's predictable and your clients enjoy it and all that sort of stuff. So that's a, that's a potted summary of, uh, of like the model we teach, but we can, we'll give you some links for some resources that explain that in a lot more detail because for people who don't care, can start getting quite dry quite quickly if you go into the, the details of how to run ads and stuff like that yeah I, I really like that and would you say that people have a kind of an over appreciation of the the power of social media to drive sales for their coaching business is that kind of a trap people fall into probably a mixture of there's no other tool that they're aware of and ads are complicated and scary and so i'll just post more on instagram and then also most PTs only follow other PTs on mm. Instagram. And so they see the stuff that other people are posting and they go, oh, okay, I need to be doing more. Like if you struggle to keep your back straight doing a barbell row, then do this. And it, like pointing at words, I, I just realized for the, for audio people be like, what are, <laughs> what's he doing? You, you were doing a TikTok. You were doing a reel there when you, yeah, you're pointing TikTok, at words on yeah. the screen. Yeah, following I mean, the trends. Lip syncing and dancing <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff because that's what fuels the viral machine. But really, and I think, I think Johnny mentioned this the other day that like how many people have you bought from that were doing lip sync videos or 
when was the last time you saw a lip sync video and thought, oh, I want to buy their product? Yeah. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Do you think there's a, there's a kind of confirmation bias or a success bias that happens in that you see the people with 100, 150, 250K followers who obviously have that they have the volume of followers that that that's probably fairly easy to convert to you know your app or your online training platform whatever it is but the ratio is still not that great so you know for you at 5000 followers it's actually abysmal so following the model of the person who's already got 250,000 people watching is probably not ideal oh yeah if you yeah and I, I think that conversion for sure yeah, and I was just going to say, like, I think people who succeed, off they look back and try and justify it somehow. So they'll say, like, oh, it was the, you know, it's because I do the videos in this way, or it's like following. Like, I used to compete regularly in powerlifting, and I would see guys who could bench like two hundred and ten kilos, right? Who weighed eighty three kilos, and you look at it and you think, it must be the bench program he's following, right? And you try and follow his bench program, and lo and behold after a year of doing it you you aren't benching 210 kilos and you think well maybe it's like genetics or maybe there's like other things involved in that that aren't it's not just the the bench program mm -hmm. right and i think the same thing happens with this like you you we regularly see people who have posted that more times than james smith right but james smith has 10 or 100 times the followers of them so it cannot just be post every day on instagram yeah right there is there's some factor in that that is maybe not teachable at all like it might be personality or something random like luck that happened on that day that a video just caught a caught the wind and, and people started sharing it for whatever reason um so yeah i think i think there is definitely success bias that it seems to be coincident the case coincidentally the case that a lot of people who are successful have a big following but they may have gained the following as a result of the success rather than the yeah. other way around. Yeah. I and think so it's, it's difficult. People majorly underplay the role of sort of serendipity and fate and luck, don't they? In the, mm. in the, in the voyage. And, um, I was saying to someone the other day that to your point, and again, as you said, you said, there's a ton of parallels here between, between coaching and, and the business of coaching. Um, you know, you could take, I think I used the example of like Matt Fraser's just released a book that's going to, he's going to have his, you know, a little while ago released a book and it's going to have the training plan that made him, you know, five times world's mm -hmm. fittest man. So this is the plan that has been realistically the most successful plan in the history of CrossFit, like by, by stats. But then if a million people buy the book and do the plan, it will now technically be the least successful plan because those million people aren't going to the crossfit games right so you mean that it's it's produced so currently the plan 100 percent of people who have followed mm -hmm. it have become matt fraser yeah whereas if a million people do it zero percent well zero percent do become yeah. matt fraser yeah yeah i i think what i'm trying to make that kind of success bias the logic mm. um it's not there right and a lot of people as well succeed in spite of themselves not i think we see this in business all the time don't we people who first to market or whatever it was um or maybe they are just they are oddly good at the thing they're good at etc but they could not back engineer how they've done it right they could not and they probably would try and it could be and again there's parallels to training here you asking the biggest guy in the gym how he got so big mm -hmm. is probably the worst thing to do 
so this this yeah. kind of loops back to what we were saying about like yes you don't need to be usain bolt to coach sprinting and actually usain bolt yes he's put in the work and he's a combination of the genetics and the program and the chicken nuggets and everything else but at the same time you you just if you have someone who has reliably produced a hundred olympic athletes he's the guy to follow because he's mm-hmm. got a track record of demonstrating it for other people and he's then proven what you said there which is that it's not only he's taken a moonshot and happened to land on his feet but he's also able to turn that into a system that can be pump like you can pump people through that system and get consistent results with yeah the the analogy i always use is would you rather go into space on a ship built by an astronaut or a ship built by a rocket scientist and only one of them's actually been to space before but i wouldn't want to get in a spaceship built by neil armstrong <laughs> you know yeah uh, so if instagram social media isn't the isn't the be all and end all and it's not where people should be spending uh, the majority of the, or, you know, doing those big work bouts and kind of automation is, is where it's at to make things scalable without, obviously I appreciate, as you mentioned, Johnny, you've got a ton of resources there that, which I will link everyone to, but in terms of ads, I think that's quite a daunting, daunting place for people, isn't it? Is there, is there kind of a zoomed in view you know, you kind of get that zoomed in, a version of the calories in, calories out kind of model where you go, actually, this isn't as complicated as I thought. Yeah, so I think like people people do see ads and like spending t- and like posting on social media as two different things. Mm. They aren't really. And in, insofar as like what you're, imagine your like target customer, the person you're trying to reach, like what they see is something appear in their newsfeed one day, basically. And you have like a split second of their attention. And the problem we have to try and solve as a coach is, well, how do I get my content in front of that person, right? So there are two ways to do that. And the way that you sort of have to do if you're not paying for it is you have to appease the algorithm, whatever that is, right? The black box that sits in like Mark Zuckerberg's office that decides who gets reach and who doesn't. And that's why we all end up seeing this kind of stranger and stranger pieces of content that PTs produce, right? The the TikTok, like the reels that Yusuf was talking about before. Like if you fig- pretend you know nothing about social media and you say like, would th- do you think this would be a good idea to demonstrate your services to a customer? <laughs> no one's going to say like, yeah, that's the best thing. I, that's my best foot forward, the best thing I can do. It's a symptom of if I don't do that, then if I just post like, here's me, here's how I can help you. I think this thing that I have would be really valuable. Click the link. It would tank. Right, because nobody wants to see that. No one wants to increase the reach on that post other than you. And so that's really the difference. Like with an ad, you can curate exactly what you want to say and you can put it in front of exactly the people, like down to what they like, who they work for, their household income, their age, all these things. Say exactly what you want to say and have that initial interaction in the most curated, targeted way possible. And you don't even have to do it right? It's happening 24 seven all of the time. The problem is people run an ad and think it's going to fix everything, but all an ad is going to do is get a click from that person if they're interested. So it's about what happens next, really, like where do you send the click to? And as long as I'm covering my ad cost or even making a profit on my ad cost, and it's kind of getting over that limiting belief, right? Like if I can, if I spend a hundred quid and I make like 300 quid, it's like, mm, mm. and I didn't have to do any of the TikTok reels, that's 
I like that. I, like that's way better. I'd, I'd far rather run my yeah, business. Yeah, that, that's like worth. That. That's worth two hundred and fifty quid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or you know, you'd even break even on that if mm. that person then pays you every month afterwards, and that's where like being a good coach comes into it. But really, that's all it is. So I think ads sound scary because they cost money, and people would far rather spend their time than their money. But actually. I think it's just because they've never experienced it working before. I think if you'd experienced it working, spending the hours making the content suddenly seems like a stupid idea. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it's just sort of getting over that initial hurdle, having that initial experience, and then suddenly all of the other stuff, just like, well, why would I bother? Because I can just spend more money on ads. Uh, as right, someone, sorry, as someone who's a complete novice here, I would see the first pitfall or the first trap i would then fall into would be to get over the hurdle of you know yeah, i need to start paying for ads and making the most kind of random bit you know just pushing something that would be the type of content i would normally make and not having any follow through with that which now i think about it you know not having something for someone to go to, which, uh, you know, you spoke about uh, a 14 day challenge or something like that, which I want to get into in a minute, which now, now I think about it, it seems like the equivalent of doing a telesales call and having like a great opening pitch, but not actually having then anything, you know, you know, phoning someone and being like, what if I told you I could do, or a Jehovah that was actually super charismatic, but an atheist. And didn't really have anything to go yeah. once they've knocked and once you're like actually this guy sounds like someone i want to listen to you'd be like oh well i don't know what to say um really yeah. thank you for opening the door i appreciate that uh so is there <laughs> do you th do you think it's important a to be pushing the correct the correct material in terms of ads and not just kind of promote promote a reel pointing at like it's calories in versus calories out and yeah, then the, the, have somewhere for people to land from there. It, it's like the difference between sort of brand, brand marketing and direct response. So what like Jaguar does, for example, they, are, they aren't running an ad with like, click below to like buy, buy a Jaguar, right? It's just like, here's Jaguar. It's a nice brand. It's yeah. affiliated with all these sorts of things. Trying to plant some sort of seed. Yeah, awareness, yeah. Exactly. And they aren't, they don't care about where they're sending their clicks to right? They just want to build their following and build their brand. For coaches, like we need to make sure that the clicks we're paying for, we have some way of recouping that and really pressing boost posts on a, on a reel or a piece of content. That the, the best case scenario is someone might follow you and yeah, they might message you and reach out in the future, but it's a, that's a very high, unless you have a huge ad budget, that's a very high risk play. Um, so we like to start with the that if we start with a 14 day challenge that converts, so we know a hundred people join it, we make some sales, right? Okay. Well, how do we make sure we get the hundred people for less than we are expected to generate from that? Right. How do we balance that equation in our favor? And if we have that engine to send people to, then ads make sense, right? But ads by themselves are just, it's just an expense. If you don't have a way to, to generate customers. Just to, just to clarify for people that don't know what a 14 day challenge is, it's just a condensed version of all of your best content. So all of the stuff that you would want someone to see if they were, if they walked in through your door and you were like, right, I'm going to take you through all the best stuff in the sequence that I think is most logical. And it's giving them all of that up front. So it's really, as, as you say, Andrew, it's like it's putting your best foot forward, 
rather than someone lands on your profile and they what they'll probably do is look at your most recent five posts if you you know if you're lucky and that just happens to be what was on the content schedule for for that week which might not be what they need to see at this moment and it's also not reliable so even if they buy because of those five posts were amazing then how do you replicate that do you just keep posting those five posts forever you know so so it's better to have something that you're like i know that when people go through these 14 days of my best content they're the most likely to buy and then you can optimize that and improve it over time what do you think that looks like um sort of mechanically like really uh, that 14 days of your best content like you know from the ground up what does what does that look like well i mean that's the that's the secret sauce isn't it (laughs) <laughs> no, but yeah i suppose like it's a very di- we get asked that question all the time and it's a very difficult question to answer for everybody because the, the ultimately the answer is it depends on who you work with what you help them do what they are doing right now that isn't working what they've done re- recently that hasn't worked like what are they worried about what are they doubtful of what you know that's what goes into and we have a structure that we teach that you know, we've seen hundreds of these things now, so we know we do know what works the best. But it can't just be. I think that one of the tests we encourage that like has to pass is is like the Google test, right? So if I go through your fourteen day challenge, and there's like, is five tips to you know get more protein in your diet, or make sure you get eight hours of sleep, or eat more protein, or whatever. Like no one buys anything off the back of that. Like it just doesn't make sense. So it is a sales journey, very much like. But as Yusuf says, it's like taking the best of you, the best, your best content. Like, who are you? Why should I? Why should I listen to you? Why is what you do different? What is your product? How much is it? Does it is it really going to work for me? Yeah, but I have a slow metabolism. Yeah, but I'm doing this thing. You know, whatever the the, the the thought patterns are of the customer when they see your ad, they're a, you're a stranger to them. So how do we move them to a point where they're like, actually, this looks like it's the next step for me? So it, it's very difficult to say. It looks like this. Um, because like we work with everything from yoga teachers to natural bodybuilding and everything in between, right? And so they end up looking very, very different. But the overall structure is um, working with that person who is a stranger to build trust, break down like the belief patterns they have that might not be helpful, and then make get them into the frame of mind of like, actually, I think I can do this, and I think this person is the coach for me. It's almost, to draw a parallel, it's like the extended 21st century edition of giving someone uh, like a taste of PT session where you just, you reel out your, you roll out your best possible experience. You try and kind of arm them with enough knowledge that they know that you've got enough knowledge to help them going forward. Yeah. You know, put your, put the best show on. In terms of like format and medium, what do you find works the best for that? Like to make it something that's that's automated. Are we are we talking? And I, I'm really I'm talking as an audience proxy here because I'm not not last. I can I can guess and I can gather, but do do you you know things like mailing lists? Um, you know, in terms of how to set up, and obviously, as you say, it's gonna it's gonna differ because different people are from different products and require different platforms. But in your experience, just for people who are completely in the dark, uh, asking for a friend, uh, <laughs> what 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 are the, the kind of the best iterations of that 
that you've seen i don't, I don't mean like get into the, the the nuts and bolts of like you know excel selection etc but in terms of actual format and delivery there's a trade-off between conversion and how much time or automation so if you've got a massive audience you can afford to automate pretty quickly and take the hit on the conversion does that make sense yeah. so we worked with a guy called carl who's a swim coach and he's got a big dedicated niche audience who wants to improve their swimming technique and so for him very simple idea for a challenge which was to improve your swim technique in 14 days he had a large audience so he was able to automate it straight away and actually his results were incredible like he, he managed to sell uh seven grand worth of swimming coaching during a lockdown when pools were closed <laughs> in his first challenge <laughs> That's like ice to an Eskimo, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely crazy. But that's, he had a large, a large audience. He was able to do that from the outset. Other people, if you've got no existing organic audience or you're struggling to kind of build a brand, then you might need to be a little bit more in-depth. You might need to give people a bit more feedback in that challenge, and that's when you're more hands-on. So, so the level of automation kind of depends on the, the size of your audience, your other kind of unfair advantages that you can leverage. And how much time you're willing to dedicate to it um and how kind of well known you are so if you were like for for you for example if you you're a well-known credible person people google you and it's like oh okay andrew's legit and there's a bunch of good content on there you've got loads of kind of credibility points in terms of the the brand power that you have so you could get away with a shorter challenge because you don't need as much time to warm people up to get them to build that credibility so there's lots of variables that when we work with people and uh, Johnny's the kind of um, just deep in the spreadsheet matrix where there'll be little variables that will tweak or work with someone to say, okay, probably this combination is best for you or this format. And then also, obviously, you've got the same principles behind organic content, which is pick a content medium that matches your personality and matches how easy you can frictionlessly create that content. So someone who's really nervous on camera and not very good with video probably not going to do great if they try and set up a youtube channel um someone who's a bit of a gobshy and loves the sound of their own voice like like me then <laughs> the podcast is great so it depends on leaning into or if you've got a great ass also like me um then instagram taking bum selfies so you're you're un, you're unfairly advantaged here, you sir. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got every you you know you've got the donkadonk to leverage and <laughs> the donkadonk. To be honest, that that's the reason for our success. That's it. It, it, yeah. com it comes back to like we think it's all the work we've done, but actually, just you just got the assets right here. The assets. The um that's terrible. But yeah, we do. We that do, was great. <laughs> <laughs> we do try and encourage people to match. Like when it comes to actually producing the content for this sequence whether it's five days or 14 days, or some people have even done longer than that for various reasons. Um, it's like, well, how do we sort of leverage your strengths? So if you can do video, great. If you can't do video, how do we make it work with text or with audio? We need some kind of community with it. Some use a Facebook group, some people use you know, something else. Um, but there's there's just components of it that go together to make it work. And really, when when we sort of wanted to teach this model, one of the things we were so keen on is like and i think the problem with teaching people to just post on social media is it's going to work for some people it's not going to work for others because of 
this like X factor, like could be a personality, could be what, how often you post topless photos, could be anything, right? And if, if we teach a model that has that same flaw, then we're just in the same position, right? Where it will, it'll work for some people. Yeah. So it, it is something that I think is very teachable in the sense that you can reverse engineer it and say, well, this is why somebody buys something. This is who you're trying to help. What does your version of the sequence need to look like? And then what is the content that best suits you? What's the ordering that best suits you in your niche? Let's run ads to that, right? And all of that is a, a recipe that can be followed rather than like, oh, well, you didn't post enough times last week. That's why it hasn't worked. Or, you know, you're not charismatic enough on camera. You don't have, your bum isn't as good as Yusuf's. So that's why it hasn't worked. So, you know, that's, that's why we approach it like that. And I think um, it's, that's why it's such a, it feels like such a cop out to say, well, it depends. But, you know, so the challenges that people produce look totally different. But there's, there's areas a common structure, obviously, that makes them work. Um, but it's very much matched to them, their personality, their strengths, and their customer. No, I think that's great. And I think for the majority, majority of people, that's the biggest, you know, certainly for me, just from the outside, kind of looking, thinking, how does this work? That certainly seems like the biggest disconnect. And I can see how people get caught up thinking, well, I need to increase my social following or I need to be posting X amount a day and I need to be doing this and I need to be doing that without re and just expecting them. People are going to say, hey, can you train me? Uh, mm. Which even with a even with a decent sized, you know, a good social following or whatever it may be, that's still a bit of a reach. Like you're still kind of asking, you've got to build a really high level of credibility to get the kind of conversion rate where people off their own backs are going to go, I'm going to message this person mm. and see, you know, I want a bit of what they've got. And I can completely see now you guys have said it that, like I said, that parallel between just offering a taster session, as you would on the gym floor so that they can not see what you look like posting Instagram reels or posting this person that because that's not your, you know, we talk about this all the time, right? All of us do That's not your skill as a, a trainer. Mm. Like you were saying about Usain Bolt, that doesn't, being the fastest man running doesn't mean he's the best coach to become the fastest man running, right? And being able to, I use myself as an example, even though I'm very, I'm happily confident in my skills as a coach, more than happy, like I've been doing it a long time, I'm very comfortable. If I watch a video of myself doing, oh, here's a hack to do rotating handle chin-ups in the gym that to me is not indicative of my ability as that's my ability to put some handles on a pull-up bar it doesn't tell you anything about i can see how there's crossover right but it doesn't tell me anything about my abilities as a coach and i i potentially think that's what a lot of people are missing and as i say i almost feel i think i said this possibly before we start recording but occasionally i i feel uh, fraudulence the wrong word but I feel kind of embarrassed when people will ask me how do I how do I build this because as I said to you before I'm in a fortunate position where I don't I've not I don't do that I don't have to do that I've gone about it a sort of ask about tit way um, and come out all right but it's more luck than judgment uh, and I've never really put too much thought into it but this for me like now you say it's like oh yeah that makes sense of course just have something to direct someone to where they can then go okay, right, you're a good coach. You're not just good at doing some exercises on Instagram. You are really good at coaching. You have something that I'm looking for. I've had a small taste of it. And now, you know, it seems more likely that I'd want to work with you. 
you've got you gave an example of a Jehovah's Witness that comes to your door. Someone knocks on your door and they go, "Hello, sir. Have you heard about uh, the story of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ?" And you're going, "No. Who's that?" And they go, "Oh, well, I've got a really good story for you. Basically, um, he was uh, brought." the message of love and peace to humanity and and you go oh cool like have you got like a, a leaflet or a i don't know has he written a book or anything and, and then the jehovah's witness goes oh um yeah i, I think he has but i haven't anything with me and like you'd be like well why have you knocked on my door so yeah. that's the equivalent of just posting something and then not having an offer on the back end so you've you've got a hot lead so you know the the one person that answers the door and is like yeah tell mm. me more and then you can't convert them yeah you need to knock you need to tell them the great story you need to have a leaflet with you with directions to the to the church and you know somewhere they can buy you know king james i'm, I'm presuming do they have the same bible i'm assuming it's the abrahamic god right it's 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 the same franchise yeah yeah sales of sales right because <laughs> it if you don't, the Muslim guy around the corner that's got a Quran in his back pocket, he's going to get, get you. And yeah, you've lost yeah. to the Muslims. Yeah, yeah, and that's the extended edition as well. Yeah. So it's going to be an well, easier sell, right? Contactless payment terminal and take Apple Pay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, uh, yeah. No, that that that's really great, and I think it's so. It's just a real sort of kick me, like oh yeah, obviously. Mm obviously i know i've been running the maths in the back of my head like what would the, you know trying to draw just to see where the rubber hits the road what would be the equivalent for me and then you're like oh yeah that makes mm. that's what i'd do with my equivalent platform as you say it's going to you know if someone's selling one to one pt then there's a chance that their 14 day challenge could be like a lot more hands-on it could be working with um you know the the on-ramp through a Facebook group or whatever it is. And then afterwards it's, do you, you know, do you want to work with on a remote coaching basis? Or if someone sells something that's more remote or automated, it could be a small selection of what that will then be or access to, you know, something that, that I would, that seems intuitive to me to do would be access to a large online platform for X amount of days. After which, if you want to continue, you know, a free trial essentially type model, which now I think about it, it's like, how do, how have we not all realized this already? Because, we all like you say this is actually how a lot of the world is set yeah. up now so, um and it's just following so many apps have 14 day trials like we've you know we mm. we did an analysis of like how long it takes customers who opt in to have a calculator on our website like how long does it take for people to make a decision and it's like 14.4 days and the people who like buy within the first six months it's 14.4 days and you're like hmm weird like what if we like what if we sort of made that more deliberate? Um, but I, Yusuf says this all the time, like, look at how you buy things as well. I think that's very helpful. So maybe, maybe some people listening do do this, but I, I certainly never will like watch a bit of Instagram content and then go, oh, and buy it. Unless it's like an e-commerce thing, right? Like, unless it's like a physical thing and the video is demoing the product and I'm like, yes, yeah. I would like to buy that because it would help. I never watch it. It's like a special sponge that you can exactly. use in the shower and you yeah, like, oh exactly. yeah, I want one of them. Seven yeah. quid, fine. You kind of almost got to have one foot in the door anyway, haven't you? It's got to be, and I know this is like the same sort of sales 101 that we were sort of demolishing earlier, but you, it's got to be fixing a problem you already have or maybe point, pointing out a problem you didn't or you didn't know yeah. you had. Otherwise, you're not going to, like... Or it's someone that why, you... You know, 
Unless it's an immediate thing that, yes, I yeah. need that, I'm going to buy or, it. Or like Tim Ferriss says, I've released this thing. It's a tenner. Like, I'm probably going to buy that, realistically. Like, he doesn't mm. need to convince me. He spent, like, hours and hours on his podcast yeah. convincing me. But every everything else, like, if I've just interacted with someone for the first time, or I've seen a couple of things and they post a reel, like, unless it's to promote something free that I can consume, watch, take part in, listen to, that then convinces me, like, I'm not going to buy something without more more foreplay, right? So, like, and I think that's how most people make decisions online, unless it's a, as you say, I am looking for something that fits in, like, that space on the counter, and or I want, like, a new coffee machine, or I want, like, some, I want to buy this thing, what's the best one? If I'm just browsing, and I know I've kind of got this problem, I want to lose weight, but I don't really know what to do, someone's like, eight-week plan, 200 pounds, I'm like, yes, but, like, just doesn't, that isn't how people buy. So we need some some way of convincing them, um, which is like I guess all the all the stuff we've just spoken about. These are the the systems we teach are like designed to solve the problems that people run into, right? It's like how do I solve how do I sell my online coaching? Well, you need to take them through this journey of like, why should I listen to you? Why are you different? What what's the price? How does it work? And you can do that one to one on the phone in a way that no one enjoys, like you and the customer. No one enjoys that phone call, or you just have something that does it for you that's always running. And we obviously we think the the latter is a far way to, far better way of doing. It. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And then it's not even to take away from the other stuff because you you kind of the the example you made there of Tim Ferriss is because he's done an incredibly incredible job at brand building across time. And it, there's there's parallels. And I think this is exactly what we were referencing earlier about success bias. In that, yeah, if uh, who I'm trying to think of some equivalent in fitness like if uh, Marcus Philly the the functional bodybuilding guy he you know he does have a ton and ton and ton of actual real marketing stuff in place but moreover he's just prolific brand builder and he you know hundreds of hours of podcasts and all these resources to the point where I think that's what people confuse isn't it to talk in money it's the difference between like brand building mm. and marketing and for me at least uh, social media organically is like a brand building tool it's for building trust it's for building a relationship and you know, i hate to use this word but authentically like do the stuff that you believe in do the stuff that you want to do but that's the stuff that buys people's trust so that when as you say when you do put the next thing out for the people who aren't receiving your sponsored ads etc if they've chosen to follow you and you spent the time building that trust they're they're then going to go oh yeah i'll definitely buy that mm. program for a tenner but that doesn't translate to people who don't choose to follow you, right? This is something I think about all the time, and I I dread. I'll give a like a personal example here. I dread knowing that something I've done for men's health goes live on social as a sponsored post, so it's going to get put in front of loads of people who didn't ask for it to be there. Um, they're going to think why am I seeing this thing and that's where you get the most negative comments right it's not because you they don't have the context they don't have the advantage of the context of knowing you mm. of knowing where you're coming from knowing what your general sort of uh, philosophy and thoughts on things are and it's kind of the same here if you're just pushing a post onto everybody 
and you I, I get it occasionally i'll get like an occasional and it's exactly what you're talking about and again this isn't to admonish anyone because i'm sure they're trying i'll get the occasional sponsored post from like you know uh, john doe pt doing uh like prone dumbbell flies <laughs> and i'm like cool like yeah it's nice looking but i don't know what to do with i don't know I don't, I don't do i follow this guy i don't think so who is he um and obviously i'm not the target market which also probably tells you everything you need to know about how they're pushing mm. that ad as well but i don't know where to go with it and i can see how people get themselves into that kind of thing like oh, i need to do sponsor posts and i need to do this and i need to do that and you i guess what you guys are providing there is a system to separate the brand building from the marketing and actually have some deliberate marketing not just okay i need to i need to push these yeah. posts yeah i think like you see the negativity in a very different way um when you know that like that post is like doubling the money you've spent on it right or tripling the money you've spent on it and someone's like i can't why, what's this post doing on my news feed you're like delete you know it's just it's gonna happen like there's a yeah. there's a percentage of people who see something pop up on their news feed and they're like how dare you like how dare you invade my yeah. like sacred space uh, i think that a lot of people that's their mm. default stance it's a default stance with with the internet in general like i often think about how a lot of people think it's their job to debunk the internet yeah it's it's kind of where we're at i think especially i don't know it's very easy to say and have that bias of i don't know if it's the same everywhere else but particularly in fitness that's the uh sort of the modus operandi isn't it that's what we do that's the that's i worry i genuinely lose sleep over this worrying about will the washout rate of pts increase because there is a bias towards creating negative content if that makes sense creating content saying you know creating that false dichotomy of everything else is wrong i'm right and if you're just scrolling all day looking for content deliberately professionally looking for content to get pissed off at I can't imagine the like the top. Well, I can imagine it because I'm getting pissed off thinking about that. Right, it's an extension of it. Um, I can't imagine the toll that must take, and I, I hate to think that there's 18, 19 year old, you know, newly qualified level three PTs who are like, right, time to promote my business. Let's find something shit um, that I can do a reaction to, and I can't imagine spending my days looking for something to get pissed off at, and then you know, and you 10x that if it's not content that you wanted on your feed or it's got a big brand name on top of it or something like that yeah like we we speak to quite a few pts who are like in their 50s who've been you know working in the industry for 30 years i'm like man that like firstly it's awesome that their careers span that long and like now they're like oh wouldn't it be nice to have an mm -hmm. online platform so i can like reduce my gym hours a bit but you think well how did they like their business ran just fine 20, 30 years ago when yeah. social media didn't exist. And then like a new PT now is spending all that energy instead of like working on the fundamentals, even like the fundamentals of marketing and sales and like arguing on the internet about things that, that like don't matter really. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I do, I do wonder like, will, what will fitness look like in 20, 30 years time from now? Like will the people who are just starting um, still be operating in it and like, how will it be operating in it? And, what will the online fitness space look like? There's lots of unknowns with how it's how it's trending. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very interested in that as well, and I I wonder if in 30 years' time everyone will just be a PT. 
that does seem like that seems like the, that's that's where it's trending, right? Everyone, you're a PT or a makeup artist, and then that's it. I don't, and then it's a weird sort of dystopian, mm. attractive uh, on surface level, sure. It'll future, be but... <laughs> a month and driving Lamborghinis as well. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's it, isn't it? And I do think there's a great parallel there that I picked up on earlier when you were saying about the you're going to be more attractive to the high ticket advert that says. And I'm, I'm talking to coaches now that says, you know, you're going to earn, you're going to earn 30 grand this month, 60k this month, six figures. You are going to go for that one, versus like you're going to make 30 grand a year. You're going to make 40 grand a year. And the parallel is with weight loss. You know, for me, like or muscle gain, it's the nobody is going to look at the. You could gain 10 pounds of lean muscle mass over the next two years. Even though for us, we're like, fuck yeah, I wish, I, you know, like, I hope. <laughs> what have I been doing for the last two years? Because I've lost muscle. Whereas you, most people are going to be more attracted to 10 pounds in. Yeah. And, and next like, week. Uh, we're not mm. saying that the 30 grand a month thing is not possible. Like it definitely, definitely is possible. It's more the time horizon. And I think like it's a business that you can mm. do. It's a business that you can run from anywhere in the world with an internet connection in like not that many hours it's extremely desirable but everybody wants it like now and if it's not now that i'm not interested but like let, if it took you like five years to build a business that was doing half a million quid a year in turnover and you could do it from anywhere in the world like is that really the worst thing that it took you several years to do that like is that is that the some the thing that you are absolutely not willing to tolerate like it's pretty good outcome but I, but the the 30 grand a month cash grab, yeah needs to work now in the same way that the fat loss plan that drops weight in the next three weeks like that's probably also not going to be the thing that means you're still like absolutely in five years time so it the parallel it's so consistent there are so it's basically the same problems but it's it's business instead of yeah fat yeah loss. It's business it's like and uh I think that's the, the, uh, such a great way to illustrate it to what I would presume our audience is. Is like I said earlier about that. You know, if you see something in the media in your mm. sphere and you think that's fucking ludicrous, then it, it, apply that logic to the next headline you see that you don't actually know about. Assume that if you are someone who's an expert in that, they'd be like, "Don't listen to that." It's the same thing. We're. It's so funny that everyone's making content telling people to fuck six week diets and fuck you know you need to make it a sustainable lifestyle but then when it comes to business of being like let me get online and get on this six yeah. figure trainer program and I'll be you know well, oh this time next year Rodney yeah it's becoming we've seen people promoting seven figure fitness business now like to make seven figures as a personal trainer something something's exceptional there but they're passing it off as it and I have no doubt that at some point Someone's going to try and one up that and add another zero. And it's like, oh, really? You're going to make multiple millions mm. per year as a personal well, trainer? Well, they, they all are. Just, uh, just every yeah. and it, and it's repeatable, right? It's repeatable. There's going to be t everyone who buy everyone who buys this course is going to be making multiples of millions of pounds a year. Like, there's not enough GDP mm. in the world <laughs> to support that, is well, there? Yeah, like Unless inflation goes goes nuts, we start printing more money, then every, we're all going to be making. You won't be able to afford a yeah. weekly food bill. We'll be yeah. in dire straits. Maybe that's what they're aiming for. They're aiming for the collapse of the economy, so that See. multiple millions of pounds is just so worthless 
that yeah you actually well to be fair you know someone in Sainsbury's is earning more but you That's are still million. earning multiples of millions of pounds and it, it always makes me think back to this stat I I can't remember if I read it somewhere if it's like one of those crime prevention things at school when like a, a copper comes to talk to you and um funnily enough the the police liaison at our school was like my best friend's dad uh which is and we come from like a rough place and so that was so embarrassing for him he had like a probably a similar mustache to what i've got now actually and big portly fellow and pc reeve he remember him telling us pardon a proper cartoon police he was yeah he was he was he yeah 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 that's exactly what he's like swinging his truncheon and whistling um not his actual truncheon he wasn't in a school doing anything like that uh god forbid um now, I remember he would tell this story about, you know, statistically speaking, the average drug dealer in the UK earns less than the average McDonald's employee, which is the same parallel here, right? Is that if you keep trying to bang the high ticket sales and it's not working for you and you're just having shit month after shit month, on average, even if you have that one 30 grand, well, you know, you have one good month, it's the same parallel. If you pump it all into that one month and it falls apart after that, it's the same as you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be a tony montana style drug mm. dealer now and then the next month you like you're not and if you just worked at mcdonald's in the course of the year you actually probably would have been more yeah. consistent i think that's how we would encourage people to like if you're thinking about signing up with a mentor i would just apply the like does this make sense conversation to it you know the, look at the average turnover of businesses in the uk like most businesses are not making multi multi seven figures so if someone's got a big promise attached to it and then claiming it's repeatable, either they've stumbled across like the secret that everyone's looking for, um, which obviously mm. they haven't, or it's just marketing, right? And the same thing exists in the fitness industry. The same thing exists in so many other places. Like if it's implied that it's going to be this like quick, easy overnight thing with a massive number attached to it, chances are that's wrong. Um, and I think someone should be able to explain in very basic like these are the numbers and this is why it works like this and this is how we're going to hit this client number and this these are the steps and this is how long it's going to take and if they can't explain it like that if it's just like oh well we just you know we crack your content and we make it work, make it pop and then you'll get all it but if there's no like mechanism <laughs> for explaining it it probably exactly yeah. what does yeah. that mean it should be like baby yeah. steps simple because if they don't understand it to that level like it's very unlikely they'll be able to explain it to you so yeah if it sounds like if it sounds to business what dnp <laughs> is to fat loss it's probably just as dodgy right and you're probably also going to end up in yep. like a cold bath trying to in this case probably like wondering why you've lost organs um no <laughs> i think that's uh don't yep. google dnp anyone who doesn't already know what it is because you get you you too many people will get suckered in um yeah no i think that that's absolutely fantastic and i think just one really quick question or big kind of question but it's quick before we just call it sort of close but do you think much like in the the fitness industry where the big promises kind of make the little promises not seem worth it do you think that applies to businesses and coaches as well so you know where people are seeing the lose 20 pounds in six weeks it makes them not even want to engage with the lose a pound consistently every two weeks 
is it this do you think the six figure promises put pts off from even getting started because they think yeah but i'm only going to make sort of you know 700 pound extra a month if i do that so here's another parallel for you crypto has ruined people's expectations for the risk reward continuum because prior to 2016 the idea of making a 10 percent return on your on your capital growth was incredible that was like yeah you know, <laughs> find an isa that does that yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah. yeah whereas now people laugh in the face of 10 percent. like it's either a 10x return or go home because they they want to go for this like these kind of lunar ridiculous crypto um assets that are just really volatile and and so the same thing happens whereas actually we've seen what's happened it's very it's you could very easily get burned whereas making a a 10 percent return or the you know the equivalent in the in this space would be making a 20 30 percent return on your ad spend like if you can do that reliably over time then you're printing money but people want this like 30 times return on hmm. ad spend a three thousand percent or the the big month the 30 grand month and and exactly as you say there's no thought to oh but what about next month yeah people need to coaches need to apply the same logic to their business that they would have their clients apply to their fat loss or their muscle gain or whatever it is right i think people only get people only get like i love it burned with that stuff once as well right like i think a lot of the coaches listening you know, probably a lot of your clients have like you probably weren't the first person they went to for fat loss advice right like they probably tried the thing out the magazine or the like the plan that the the influencer they follow promotes and it didn't work and you're like all right yeah like as i suspected that was bullshit i look for something more realistic and we i guess the sad thing is a lot of our a lot of the coaches we work with have been through some kind of program before that had the huge numbers attached to it that didn't really have a mechanism to support that um it's a shame that obviously we're, we're drawn, human nature is drawn to like the path of least resistance, so like the, the cheapest, easiest, quickest, most exciting route, rather than looking for the realism. Um, but I think, you know, these things have a shelf life. I think people promoting that, unless they're consistently getting people to multi-six figures, which statistically the odds are, the odds are heavily stacked against them, um, it'll, it won't last very long. So. Yeah, I think it's short term. I think it's a problem, um, but I think the market will push these people out. That's how we view it, anyway. So, yeah, just to, just to, like an anecdote, just to close that. I was thinking, I was talking to my partner the other day about when the the kind of the social media for me when the social media thing started, and look at you know I, I've been through phases where I look at people who perhaps were and this is something I don't really dwell on this, but just as a point of interest or who had you know 10,000 social followers around the same time as I did that's comparable and what have they done and I think it's really easy to go oh you know they've got a quarter of a million followers now well they've built this platform or they've done that um, and I know the decisions I would have had to make to have had the same trajectory if that makes sense and this isn't some like oh stick to my values type thing because just you know it is what it is but when i look at the small the small things i've accrued professionally that i've probably like probably set me up for life now that i probably would have 
balked at if I was like, if I'd got to a quarter of a million followers and I was having like big brand deals of like X amount of money. But now I look at them people who two or three years ago I was thinking that about and I'm like, oh, okay, they're not doing that anymore. That's actually gone for them. That's actually dried up. And I've still got the same consistent uh, kind of income. And I think it's it's similar here, right? Just the flash in the pan stuff. If you're, if you're looking at the people who have succeeded at it, if you can already name five people who are doing that, there's, you know, the odds are against you, right? Statistically. So, you know, mm. crack on, go for the, the marginal gains, just the yeah, same as you would absolutely. tell your clients, right? That, that's been a, just, a, yeah, that's been great for me. And I, I know that's going to be great for a lot of listeners who are trying to step into this space. Before I let you go, I've got a toolbox talk, just a round of sort of quick fire questions to give people some sort of actionable takeaways. And I know you guys are going to be, as a long-time follower of Propane, I know you guys are going to be absolutely fantastic for this. And you probably got, I didn't actually even send you the questions ahead of time because I got a feeling you will have stock answers. Whereas normally no I would do people a favor by sending them. If you can make <laughs> All right, and I don't edit either, this by the way, shit, so shit. there's long pauses. Here we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you can make one book or piece of media compulsory reading or watching for other people new to the industry, training, or indeed everybody, what would it be and for what reason? And don't, don't feel obliged to say a book, just some piece of content that you think would give people an outsized return on investment. Mm-hmm. I just think oh, it's a, you're a so GTD it's something that I think Yusuf got me into it originally. Um, and I remember what, there was a line in the, there's something that David Allen says, which is like, you start to feel differently about somebody when you say something to, to, to them. And we're all guilty of this, right? Like you'll say like, oh, can you, would you remember to X? And they forget, right? Versus the person that never, ever, ever forgets, yeah. right? Never drops that ball. That person you just want in your life. And it's such a master skill to have a capture, pro- <laughs> yeah, a capture process, a way of organizing yeah. the commitments that you have and a way of like reviewing and always being on top of it, on top of stuff. I think like you feel more organized, you feel, have a clearer headspace, life's just easier. And that book is like proper old, like executive coaching, like it's been revised so many times, but the system's the same. And I think when you see that happening, when like, the fundamentals still are still as they were when the book was first written it's probably worth a read so yeah stood the test of time i think was it david allen that, that, that i think it's david allen i think it's from like gtd that this quote probably changed my life sort of surreptitiously the yeah. your brain is for having thoughts not for keeping them allen, yeah. that's david allen right mm. yeah just fucking <laughs> write shit down man i think that's a better question just write shit yeah. down <laughs> what is wrong with you yeah <laughs> Yusuf would you agree with that this, uh, that's a great choice of book I've not actually read it in full I've only read Johnny's lengthy summary of it <laughs> but uh, I very much agree with the principles um, for me best piece of media with a good ROI is your question so I think it's got to be a video from Anton Creel which is called the 10 secrets for financial success and then there's a follow-up video called the five principles behind the 10 secrets for financial success um i would i think that's essential reading for everyone and i wish at school we just substituted out some crap just lesson all gcses and a levels and all you did was watch that video every day 
just I, yeah just have it drilled into you i, I had a bit had a bit oh, of lag no. when you said the, the name of the i heard the name of the video but i'm just worried that i'm sure it will be there in the recording oh, yeah, i've got well, just his camera but um if you just say the name of the 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 um the creator the content creator so the guy again is called anton creel he right. is an ex goldman sachs portfolio manager and trader in fact maybe trader and then went on to become a proprietary portfolio manager and he is just frighteningly smart like he sees through the matrix and he recognizes that this game of of money and politics is just a game but if you choose to opt out of the game it makes you um not have voting power and so he's basically a hippie who's just like i'm just going to fully embrace this game because just to really sell it to do um, go on. i'm not going to be able to do Oh, All right. Ahead. Well, I'm not going to be able to so do it justice. I, I, was I say. can't remember. Like one of us found the video first. We both watched it, and like we've watched it multiple times since. I was like sat in a car park, about to walk into my job as an accountant, and like toying with this idea of like should I quit and do propane fitness full time. Listen to the end of that video, and just quit. Just hand him my notice in. So there's like a there's a there's a one of the principles wow. that talks about this about like the downside you think you have if you quit your job versus the actual downside and how to measure what Yusuf was talking about before, like weighing risk and reward for decisions. Um, I'll not say it anymore. It's a fantastic video. Uh, on that exact same note, if you guys want a, a very outsized ROI on your time on YouTube, just go and watch your channel. Just go and watch Propane Fit for, for the same kind of stuff as well. Like you could probably go without reading getting things done if you just go and watch you know 1.5x go through some of you your videos and productivity series. systems God, is it a five, five uh, video series yeah seven, seven part yeah thank you for the plug i so the, the youtube channel is really a synthesis of everything that we've read and learned and we've tried to put it into you know youtube format so very concise very entertaining so I do, I am very proud of the compendium of stuff we've got on that channel. So, um, yeah, thank you. No, yeah, you. anyone who is interested in, I think it really helps that, that if you've got a common interest, you've got that, that other thing involved. So you can go and watch a productivity, you can go and watch, say, um, uh, is it Ali Abdel? Mm. Um, great, fantastic videos. Again, highly recommend. But when you've got that other kind of common uh, factor, being you know fitness in this case again you kind of see where the rubber meets the road in relation to this other thing which i think for a lot of people helps them put it into practice so pro propane fitness huge return on investment and you're gonna go on youtube anyway you're gonna watch some shit so watch something good actually you know watch something good and the you know i, I always joke and say we should have different color airpods or we should have airpods with little lights on and they light up a different color for people who are listening to like podcasts and audiobooks that. versus people who listen to music, yeah. just so we can be like, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not one of you. We are not the same, you and I. <laughs> what one or two daily or weekly habits or actions possibly unique to you guys do you feel have contributed most to your success? And again, all of this will be on your YouTube channel, but if you had to pick one out of the ether. One, how many? One or two, did you say? One or two. 
If you if you think it, you know, rank them in order of I, importance. But if something comes I think along, Yusuf might say the same thing here. He's going to say cold chap. No, he's not really. He, I think he might say meditating. Yeah. <laughs> um, coffee. So Yusuf got me something else to credit Yusuf with. Yusuf got me into meditating. Um, I think if you mean like business success, I think the hardest thing about running a business is that your your ego is constantly like pushing you in in other directions or like making you do things for the a reason that is not necessarily helpful um emotions are a big part in it you face like rejection yeah. and procrastinate over things because you're scared of the outcome you're scared of things not working and so i think having a meditation practice really helps you through that um so i think it would be meditating for me i don't know whether yusuf will say the same thing I, I agree. It's a highly valuable habit. I just, uh, I was struggling oh, with see. like something that's unique to us. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can claim meditation as a unique thing, but I, I mean, there's not much unique. Uh, capture in a review habit. I think if I can't say meditation, it's having a, a way to capture anything that comes into your sphere or your, your inbox. And that's part of the getting things done system that... Yeah. You know, you, you said the mind is great for, ha for having ideas and not holding them. That if you don't have a system to take the idea and put it away from you and not just have to, like, keep it circulating in your head, then as soon as you have two, three, twelve ideas just floating around in your head, you're worried that you might forget one of them, probably will forget one of them, and deal with the consequences of that. And they contribute to a background stress. So yeah. you've got to have a way to immediately put it into your system and know that when that time comes either you enter a location or you hit a certain time or whatever that that reminder comes up so embrace your reminders task management tool i personally use tick tick because it's the best um johnny would would disagree yeah. but uh whatever works for you <laughs> yeah yeah couldn't couldn't i I th is it you that I got this from actually it might be like I just have a notes doc I've had for a number of years now that's pinned and it's just called working brain and I have a working couple of others yeah working yeah. brain and it's just I I know I evangelize this to everybody like why don't you have a working brain and I have a couple for maybe different things because they get lost in the ether right and you just end up with a brain mm -hmm. that, a working brain that's as fucked as your actual brain but if you just you think of something you write it down it's not now gone from your head you can still think about it you can still ruminate on it or you know you can still let the kind of back of brain processing go on but now you're not going to forget it yeah there's a point of pride of people being like well i don't need to write yeah. a bit of paper i'll remember and like, well yeah you will probably mm. remember but is it worth the cost yeah I, i've recently read danny mm -hmm. kahneman's book um think if i is it think if i was thinking slow yeah and he points something out in it that it, it seems obvious, but you probably, you know, most people probably never think about this, but you have no control outside of mnemonics and ways of remembering things. You have no control over how much effort you can put into remembering something. So if I ask someone to remember a six digit number with no consequences, and I ask someone to remember a six digit number and say, if you forget it in 30 minutes, I'm going to shoot you in the head. In in lieu of actually going away and writing it down, they can't. You can't 
apply effort in the same way that you can with your body right you, you can be like hold this really tight and you can hold it tighter or looser with them you cannot do that yeah. with memory you will get shot in the back of the head if you do not write it down um so yeah right write stuff down capture process um but also just to circle back i just want to triple down on on med like having some form of meditation practice in terms of ROI, for me, I would say it even outranks, you know, resistance training. Uh, it's incredible how you spoke about GTD, Johnny, mm. and you said the fact that this thing has lasted the test of time. Uh, you know, it's been revised, but that's a testament to its, you know, its, its legitimacy. People kind of scoff at meditation because of the sort of new age and spiritual philosophical connotations but which is why i guess you've kind of got to get them in through the back door with mm. you know we I'll, I'll say breath work more often than not because in the fitness space people can relate that to and you'll be like oh, yeah yeah this oh, is yeah, for your um this is breath work and it's for you it's going to increase your recovery i'm not lying uh mm. <laughs> but you can't as you say like the ability to view your thoughts as thoughts and your emotions as emotions. And this is also, I think, the difference between having a sort of muck mindfulness practice where you just, ah, we're, we're breathing out this mm. year and actual, actual kind of inquiry. It, that's, well, there's it, a delineation there, right? Like, okay. <laughs> calmer, but it's also going to undo the illusion of time and space yes. and identity. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have to Trojan horse it. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's a hard, I can see, you can see people's sort of, if you get a bit too enthusiastic about it and and delve into you know um the experience of experience and consciousness and the self and you see people sort of glaze over so you just have to go like you'll um <laughs> vagus nerve has that got your interest vagal tone sympathetic mm. nervous <laughs> like you just try and sort of get them in that way and then hopefully Hopefully one day there'll be odd hearts and they'll be like, oh, there is no, there's, there's nothing but emptiness and that's actually good. I'm on the Dharma wheel. Uh, but if they don't, they don't. All good. All good. So yeah, meditation. Can you name one item that you've purchased or acquired relatively inexpensively that has given you a huge return on investment, whether that's business, training, productivity, and as an aside, go and watch all of the propane fitness life hack episodes for just a litany of these uh you know things you can do or buy to increase the quality of your life but are there any off the top of your heads that you're you're digging right now or in general um while johnny's thinking he's deep in thought <laughs> he bought me a shoehorn for my birthday <laughs> and it's the best gift i've ever received <laughs> it's a big beast of a shoehorn as well so it doubles up as a weapon for intruders but uh, if you, I, I ran the numbers on a semi-joke, semi-jest Facebook post that was like average time that you spend putting on a shoe, 10 seconds or 20 seconds. Average time saved with a shoehorn, say 15 seconds per shoe putting on. Multiply that by two, multiply that by the number of times you put shoes on during a day. Multiply that by the number of times in a year. You've saved like this many hours if you multiply it by the average hourly rate wage then the roi is huge so get a shoehorn <laughs> but that's a great sort of microcosm of your uh of your life hacks video and the point of having things that have a great return on investment as well right 
these are the things that we should all be eking out after the big rocks are done is that is that 15 seconds sort of bending over to pick your shoe and imagine wear and tear on your sort of um you know your the lumbar spine good. yeah yeah and you, yeah the, the my index finger <laughs> is just abrased from my heel coming down it <laughs> so think about that in terms of protein balance and the lost mm. metabolism that you could have could have had there the constant like turnover of cells for these for my yeah for the cuticles of my thumb whether yeah on my vans uh yeah <laughs> um so i what about you johnny re- recent well there's a, a guy called mr money mustache who you might have heard of before um he's big into like reaching this certain sort of amount of cash so you can retire early and something that he talks about um is like lit- the tiny little pleasures that uh you can have a big upgrade in for a small amount so like i think he uses the example of chocolate like if you want to buy like dairy milk or the nicest chocolate like the gap in price is not so expensive that you know it's unaffordable for the average person um so i've been applying that for ages i'm really into coffee always really been into coffee we generally just buy like sort of the standards like beans from the, the from a supermarket um recently been using something called pact I don't know whether you've heard of that, but it's like a P-A-C-T, pact.com. Can you spell that? Um, so they'll source like single origin coffee from all around the world and send it to you in a packet three letterbox on a on a subscription. And it just means one, I never run out of coffee. So that used to happen to me frequently where I'd be like, oh God, like I've just run out of coffee beans. So tomorrow I don't have any, which I know like get the little violin out, but it is like, it is decently frustrating. Um, so that never happens. And also like every time I open a new packet, it's like from a different place, tastes slightly different. I get to like try all these different coffees that realistically I would never have tried. Like I would never have gone to that effort of experimenting. So it's, it's like, it's more expensive than just buying coffee from the supermarket, but the gap is not that great. Um, and very nice, very convenient. worth it for the experience i think subscription boxes across the board like good ones that is one of the biggest up, upsides of them isn't it it's the 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 experience or the the lack thereof that you would have had if you just kind yeah. of stayed if you'd saved yeah. the pound yeah absolutely if you could only perform one exercise or movement for the rest of your life what would it be and why and you can have locomotion you can have walking etc so a resistance Deadlift. training movement it's got to be hasn't it we're, we're at really? about 60 I, mean, I just don't know why 60 takers for the deadlift so far yeah <laughs> kettlebell overhead lunch not really <laughs> for, hell. for listeners who don't who lack the context um Love Yusuf loves kettlebells. He's you're a huge fan, aren't you? They, they are. do you know how many of your posts I've been personally triggered by? <laughs> do you know one of them ones where you start to write like a funny response and then you realise like no, this is actually me projecting the fact Just that I am actually <laughs> actually a bit wounded by this. <laughs> the thing is, I'm, I'm not even. I don't really even feel that strongly about kettlebells, but it's just become such a ridiculous thing now that I'm just having to double down on it. Um, but I think it would it would have to be surely be flares, no? yeah. the thing you've been thing um, you've been training for. Imagine if that got taken away well, from you, you could never yeah. perform again. 
Probably hours, if not counts. That's that's a good. That's that's one of the ways to engineer this question. I think. I think there's two ways you can come at this. Invert it. Yeah, you can either come at it as what you what you wouldn't want to lose, or what is going to you know give you the most you know you as a fitness professional what you believe is going to give you the most bang for your buck. And I don't think they don't often don't line up right. So my answer would be probably asymmetrical, depending on which kind of approach I took. It's very difficult because because any barbell movement you're going to end up with a weird physique like mm. if i pick my, my favorite barbell movement chest supported barbell row like you'd look so, so this is weird why by the end of two years of just and nothing else life. just just absolute you tumors have, like, for mid-back back, like rhomboids like, <laughs> <laughs> the... yeah yeah you just have like the most stretched chest and I, I guess you could do deliberately shit reps to kind of like hit a, hit your like rear really delts a bit more hit your biceps like just really sort of flex on them you but just, you just don't kind of change the goalposts like change the definition of so the, I, I, well you yeah. can lawyer it can't you yeah i was gonna say well i think you lose with the deadlift <laughs> that's why i always say chest, sorry go on like chest and front mate like i think you would maintain most of your muscle mass in most places if all you did was deadlift apart from chest front delt like maybe triceps but i think chest everywhere else hands. is going to be like mm. okay you know, you're not yeah. going to look stupid yeah, you, if you, you just have a massive deadlift. I think yeah. what you can do in, in, in the lockout, just like hit oh, so no. hard that it yeah. comes to there and then just, oh, accidental <laughs> press. For, for practicality, for like, for me, for like actual, if I really thought about it, if I put on like my coach's hat, then I would say some form of like full Olympic, like a full clean and press just for... And then I would lawyer it by being like, sometimes they're power clean, sometimes they're jerk, sometimes they're split, uh, you know, strict presses. Mm. Um, but also, again, you still lose of, your like, chest. Time and attention with that either, like hard Which to grind some... those out. We can't grind them out. Mm. Yeah, you, you'd have to do really poor cleans, like you know, real T Rex muscle cleans, and strict press. And it would have to be such a slow, if you did a full clean, it would have to be a muscle clean and then just a front squat and then a stand up. You know, if you're catching it properly yeah. in a clean, there's, there's no, nothing's happening there, is there? Imagine you're weak though, like Monday morning, <laughs> 6 a.m. Oh, clean and press again. You just accidentally <laughs> Here we go. really good at it. <laughs> it would Even be. if you didn't want to, I think you would end up becoming really good at it. <laughs> yeah yeah mm. uh, you would yeah you just you'd end up at the olympics just, just over that like ten thousand hours to mastery <laughs> you just end up there because you're like i had nothing else to do so well, andrew stops me from doing any other exercise and that's here i am 10 years later yeah i think a muscle up's got a good return on event like ring muscle up but obviously no. then you're yeah when skinny jeans <laughs> go fully out of fashion then ring muscle ups but until then <laughs> Until then, like tight joggers are just the bane of my life because yeah, you know, what I have to keep squatting. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute nightmare, uh, guys. Uh, where can people well, find we'll, we'll you online? You a, we'll make you a custom link to send everybody who's listening some some free business related training. So, what do you want the link to be? Propinfitness.com forward slash. We'll Andrew. Um, so yeah, if you go, 
So it's going to be Bulldog Gear Podcast. You can have just Andrew. <laughs> so yeah, there'll be all the stuff we spoke about, so like the, the expanded version of that explanation and some, some business resources and stuff. Um, Fantastic. And I'll stick that in the in the show notes, uh, listeners. I'll stick that in there and uh, we'll put that on the social so everyone can find it. Is there any anything else you'd like to sort of um, direct people's attention to? We have a podcast. Um, but if you, I guess if you start on that, just go to that link and there'll be everything you need. We'll sort of send people in the, in the various places. Good stuff. Well, guys, thank, thank you, you so much for your uh, time this afternoon. It's greatly appreciated. And I know, uh, I know we've said this a lot over the course of the podcast, but I know this podcast will be a huge return on investment for everyone listening with any luck. Thank so, you very much. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. Cheers, guys. And there we have it. Thank you for listening in. Guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be greatly appreciated if you could drop us a review on your podcast app of choice. Any feedback you've got, please send it over via social media and don't hesitate to tell us what you would like to hear more of. I'm AT. This has been the Bulldog Gear podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys.